Have any of you ever made, never made, never made a mistake? I want you to come up here right now if you've never made a mistake. There's got to be somebody out here, right? No? Okay. Has any, have any of you never made a financial mistake? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, uh, whew, yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, purchasing a few things that I wished I hadn't purchased and, you know, and, uh, you know, there they, there they are. Um, one of those things is uh, uh, I didn't, I haven't like really had any regrets at all. And that is, um, you know, I thought, how hard could it be just to buy like a, a new counter in the kitchen? Um, you know, you just take a few tile pieces that are falling off already and you put a new counter on there. Simple, right? Have you, any of you ever worked in a kitchen before? like remodeling, stuff like that. One thing leads to the next. You know, you pull this off, you tear that out, and pretty soon it's like, pretty soon there's dust everywhere, and it's like a week later you're like, what did I do? So I'm hoping at the end of this week that um, we're through that, and that won't be any kind of mistake. But I think we've all, all made financial mistakes um, in the past. And uh, I remember a time when I was uh, very young, and... Uh, who remembers the Teddy Ruxpin? Uh, a few of you, okay. It was like, a, was like one of the first talking bears. I mean, everything like is you know, electronic now these days, but back then it was like a talking bear. Oh, wow, that is unbelievable. Wow, it's like uh, in, you know, everybody had to have one, so they were going out and they're purchasing it, and there was this company called World of Wonders Toy Company. Wow, World of Wonders. And uh, I had to have a piece of the action. So I took all my savings and I stuck it in uh, this company, World of Wonders. Um, this guy helped me do it, and he's like, this is going to be great. And, I mean, they're coming out with a, a, you know, another talking animal. It's going to be whatever, a cat, whatever it was. And, uh, you know, and it, it was going to be, I was going to get rich, yes. And uh, about two weeks later, um, not really understanding what I was doing, I understood, uh, what happened was, um, that was in the days too when you bought stock in a company, they, sent, they gave you a certificate. And uh, so two weeks later, I uh, said, I better check on that. And uh, I find out that World of Wonders filed chapter 11. And uh, all that money that I stuck in there that I had from savings was gone. And it taught me a lesson that talking bears are just a thing of a fad. They're just a thing that fades away, right? Um, but it taught me a greater lesson, and that is, is that I have to use discernment and wisdom, uh, really, when uh, taking what God has given me as a steward and as a good steward and really make good decisions based on wisdom. It was one of those lessons that hurts, and, uh, and, you know, it, uh, I'll, I, I kept the certificate. I still have it as a reminder that uh, I will not invest in something uh, that has that kind of potential for risk. And so it was, a, it was a great decision. I was 19 years old at the time. And uh, so, you know, uh, take that for whatever it's worth. But we've all made some kind of mistakes when it comes to money. The truth is that we could all benefit from financial wisdom. And I've been talking about Make Space, which is a, a series, a teaching on making space right up in here, right in here, so that we can discern 
uh, what God is saying, what God is teaching us in his word about money. Yes, it's about money. And uh, money is mentioned so many times in the Bible and uh, many times in the New Testament, 144 times in the New Testament. God addresses it. He does not ignore it, and neither should we. Uh, money is not evil. It's a tool. The love of money can lead to a lot of issues. But money has been around since the beginning. And uh, it is not, it's neutral. It's not good. It's not bad. It really is a tool. It's really something that God addresses so many times in so many places uh, in Scripture. And it's really wisdom that we seek. And I'm not going to do a review of the last four weeks or where, we, where we've gone with this. But it is about wisdom. And we need to really seek God for a wealth of wisdom when it comes to our finances, when it comes to uh, money, when it comes to our resources, and even really our time and our talents. And so there is a wealth of wisdom in the Word of God. He does not leave us without anything to guide us and direct us. And uh, so when we teach about things like this, uh, we have to understand that it's from the perspective of what God's heart and mind and will is about anything. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's a neutral thing like money, it's God's heart and mind when it comes to talking about it, when it comes to teaching about it. So that's the perspective that we want to take. We want wisdom this morning to, uh, to know how to handle things. And so this morning, uh, this wealth of wisdom, just a few nuggets from the scripture I'm going to teach about, uh, really will help us to understand how to have uh, be good stewards of what God has given us. And if you remember, everything in the earth is the Lord's. Everything that is about us, our, our, our so-called possessions, the things we so-called own, the things that, that are in our possession, everything that God has given us, even the, the job that we have, the breath that we breathe, everything is the Lord's. The Bible says that everything in the earth is the Lord's and all those who dwell in it. So once we get that perspective that everything is God's, it takes all the pressure off of us to manage everything in our lives. He's managing it. All we are are good stewards or to be good stewards. And when we know that he rewards those who are good stewards. And part of being good stewards really is pressing in to a wealth of wisdom that God has about finances and about uh, resources and money. Amen. Amen. Everyone wants gold, but wisdom's worth is far greater. Silver is sought after, but a heart of understanding yields a greater return. That's Proverbs 16, 16 in the Passion. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you this morning for your presence here this morning. God, that you uh, are just uh, dwelling in us and through us and out of us and, and with each other. And God, so we just thank you for the synergy in your spirit here this morning. God, we thank you for the corporate anointing that's here, God. Not just to, to, to be ushered into a, a heavenly worship in, in a place where we, can, uh, we have glimpses and, and we go in and out of glory, but Father, also that we can uh, be, uh, be enlightened by the wisdom of your word. And so, God, I just pray this morning that our hearts be opened and softened to what you have to say through your word on this subject, God. 
that, Father, our eyes would be open, our ears open to, to hear and see exactly what it is that you're saying and speaking to us and what you're showing us, God. Father, that our hearts would be ready to and prepared to receive the wisdom that you're expressing through your written word and your rhema, your spoken word that you speak to our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Everyone wants gold, but wisdom's worth is far greater. Wisdom is worth more than gold. It's worth more than silver. That heart of understanding is worth more than all of those things. You see, wisdom being better than gold is a common, and we have to understand what wisdom is. Wisdom is a combination of knowledge and understanding. When we seek to not only learn about something, but truly understand it, that is when we can act in wisdom. That's when we can have discernment. You know, in Proverbs, it says that wisdom crieth out. It's like wisdom in the streets crying out. Like, where is those who would listen to me? And we know that wisdom is, a, is one of those uh, uh, attributes of the Spirit of God. And so the Spirit of God is crying out in the streets of our heart and says, where is those, who are those uh, who will listen to what I have to say on anything. And I'm telling you here this morning that finances and resources are things that God cares about. Those are things that he cares about because those are things that can take us places that we shouldn't be. But they can also be utilized in our own lives to release and free us so that we can, uh, uh, we can express God's nature and express his will and walk that out in our lives. It's important. And so we have to understand that wisdom crieth out. It is looking, the Spirit of God is looking for those who would have an ear to hear what he is saying. When we seek to not only learn about something, I said, but truly understand it, that's when we can act in wisdom. It requires time and effort to not only know how to manage our households, and our resources, and our money wisely, but to understand the benefits of doing that. That is why having wisdom is actually more important than having riches. We often don't think of money as a, as a spiritual topic, but you see, God does not uh, ignore it. Um, it's that loving of money that we're trying to like avoid that, but when we try to avoid loving money, we can't avoid the principles of having it, saving it, spending it, and applying it. We can't ignore those things. God doesn't ignore those things. We need to, to also take his lead on that. When we look to scripture, we see that he doesn't ignore it. In fact, the opposite really is true. God actually has a lot to say about money in our lives. Maybe you came this morning uh, not, not knowing that we were going to be speaking or teaching on this particular subject. I just want to encourage you to bear with me here as I look at these scriptures and I bring those out to you that, that you hear what God is saying. 
It's not about giving to the church. Uh, that's just one little tiny element. This is not what we're speaking about. It's not about giving to, to, uh, you know, to any particular thing. Uh, it really is about a, a principle that transcends all those things. Those are just small parts of things uh, that we do as we, as we live this out. But really what it is, it's about surrendering our lives to him in our mind and in our hearts and with all that we have. That's what it is. We don't ignore what he's saying. We want to understand it. He wants to, to use uh, all of what he has uh, written in his scripture to teach us how to be wise with our resources. That starts by learning, and, and it starts by increasing, really, our knowledge. What type of attitude should we have? In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Making space really is all about how you think. It's about whether or not you're making space right up in here because as we've said so many times and for so many years, if you want to change your life, change how you think. A repentance of anything is a turning around, but it also is a change of mind. It's also saying, like, I used to think this way, but now I think this way. I used to think that God was against me, but now I know that God is for me. I used to think that God uh, was taking things from me, but now I know that he wants to bless me with all spiritual blessings. I used to think that this trial, this tribulation, this test that I'm going through uh, really was going to kill me. But now I know that, no, the enemy wants to kill me, but God allowed this so that my faith can increase, so that my, my, uh, my love for him can increase. It's a changing of thought. It's a changing of how you think. It's a perspective. Make space up here about your finances and see what God will do because you'll begin to think the way you used to think is gone, and behold, all things become new. When you be begin to think the way God thinks about your resources, things will change in your life. Does that mean, pastor, that I'm going to get rich? No, it doesn't mean that at all. In fact, you are already wealthy. And I'm not talking about money. So get that out of your head. <laughs> I'm talking about the wealth and the knowledge of the glory of the Lord that has the power to change lives, that has the power to have you walk upon this earth and be his very voice, be his very love, be his very truth to somebody who needs it. Somebody say amen to that, that you're wealthy in him. He has supplied all that you need by his riches and glory. It's his blood. It's the power of his spirit. It's the power of his word that dwells in you. That's his riches and glory. What else do we need? But pastor, I need a home. I need a car. I need a bank account. Yes, you do. And he's promised that if you seek his kingdom first, if you chase after the things of God, that he will add all those other things unto you that you need in this life. Chase him. Chase the principles of, of, of the heavenlies. Chase the kingdom of God. And see what he will do with all those other things. 
I said I was teaching, now I'm preaching. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Get rid of imitating those other things out there, but be transformed in here by his word, by his spirit. Reform how you think. Discernment will come. Discernment will come. There are three things I want to share with you this morning on three wise financial habits. These are so simple, but you really got to look at these, and you really have to, to press in and understand these, okay? Let's look at the first one. It's make a plan. <laughs> what? Make a plan. Proverbs 21.5 says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Why is planning such a key part of really overall God's plan? Because this first principle is of, of planning and, and, and really not ignoring uh, our finances, but planning around them, we need to really look further in the word of God. In Proverbs 16.3, uh, we'll say this, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. So first and foremost, it's about committing your actions to the Lord. Everything that you're walking out in daily life, commit it to the Lord. Seek him on that. Seek his wisdom and his counsel on everything that you're doing, and your plans will succeed. What that implies is, is that you are planning according to what he's telling you to do. You cannot ever approach things in this life without a little bit of planning. I mentioned that we're remodeling our kitchen, and uh, well, that's what it's ended up being. It was just putting a new counter in, but uh, when you look at it and we start, you know, me and Lisa get together and our heads start spinning and then smoke starts coming out and, and we're like, oh. And uh, so you've got to plan things ahead. Like when do you do what? How long does that take? How much are we going to need? It, there's a plan that goes into place and we're pretty, we're pretty organized people, and, uh, but I'll tell you, it, it, uh, it's still a, a real big task. You've got to plan it out in order to have it look like you want it to look like. Same thing with really how our life is and the things in our life is that we've got to have a good plan. And this morning, I'm not going to go into a great financial plan with you. I just want to encourage you to plan according to what God is telling you to do. He's going to give you help and assistance and wisdom through his word and through counsel of others and through other resources to be able to plan out your finances. I'll, I'll talk about a couple of things, but that's as far as I'll get this morning. We just don't have the time. Let's look at Proverbs 69. We can make our plans, but it's still the Lord that determines our steps. We can make plans. We can commit to him. Our plans will succeed. We can make plans. It's still God who determines it all. The Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. You see, there's balance here. Commit to God, all that you're envisioning, all that your dreams, commit to him, listen 
for where he's calling you. And I'll tell you, just like I spoke about last week, it's not about stuff. It's not about the stuff that we can accumulate. That's not what it's about. Our dreams in alignment with his plan for our life always is one thing. It's about bringing glory to Jesus Christ. It's about bringing glory to him. So there is a balance here. Take action. Make a plan. Trust him for that. He will guide you. In other words, take the dreams God is calling you to and turn them into goals that you can achieve. Turn them into goals that you can achieve. Have faith that God's purpose is evident in all of those things. you got to have faith. Whether you see it or not, have faith. So let's get just a little bit. I told you there's a couple things I want to share with you about this. And, and so let's get tactical just for a, a moment here. Uh, there's something I'm going to share with you that's really simple. Organize finances in two categories. Organize finances in two categories. Number one, committed. Reoccurring expenses, including saving and giving and everything else, your bills, all the different things. Organize them into an account. Understand how much is coming in and how much is going out. One of the principles that Americans have so many problems with is they spend more than they make. So you've got to decrease sometimes your spending or do a budget in order to have this happen. You've got to commit the amount that you, that you need to, for the things that are like your home and your car and your rent and whatever it is that you, you have to, to have to survive and you know, to, to, to live in this life. Uh, groceries are, are non-negotiable. However, buying generic over name brand is negotiable. <laughs> I, for one, used to be a name brand guy. Ask my wife. It's a change of thinking. I wanted everything. I was making a lot of money. I wanted everything name brand. I want the best. I don't care what it costs per unit. I don't care if it's on sale. I know I like it. That's what I'm going to get. And I had that, that way of thinking for a lot of time during my life. Something so simple can mean so much. And thank God for my wife because she was never like that. In fact, we had many times we were like, well, I want that. Well, isn't there a coupon? Can't you wait another weekend till there's a sale? <laughs> right? Now it's gotten to the point where I go to the grocery store and man, I've got my list. I've got the coupons loaded. Well, she loads them, but I, I don't do that. But I go through, I look at unit price. I look at all the different, okay, uh, yeah. And I, I'm saving money. I'm being a good steward of what God has given us. I'm on a budget. I've committed so much for these things. And so I've got to make all of that fit into this little box Call the budget. So understand what I'm saying is it's a way of thinking. It's a lifestyle. It's not just pencil and paper or, in these days, spreadsheets or apps on your phone. There's more to it than that. It's a way of thinking. You've got what's committed, and so that's, uh, that's put aside in an account. It's what's truly there and available to spend for these things. Number two is a spendable account. 
It's one number to track day-to-day for expenses. Some people do this. They, uh, they take their account, they pull out as much cash as they might need for just some spending. I have an account. I have a separate account that's uh, attached to my, uh, my other family that I put in my Starbucks money in there. I know that shocks some of you. I have these little things that I want to spend money on, and I, so I put that in that account. Uh, Lisa has access to that. She works a part-time job, so she has, she's old school, man. I, I keep telling her, you should have been born in like 1890, but then I wouldn't have met you, so. And she says, you should have been born in 2090. So she likes cashola, right? So she'll like pull out some cash and she'll keep that and that's her spending money. And I I dare say that she's keeping TJ Maxx in business. (laughs) As am I. I, That's a good place to go. I mean, talk about thriftiness and and getting things for less. That's one place you can do that. So have an account. I don't know how you want to do this, but think about that. You have your committed, you've got your spending you know, if you're going to spend money on, on things that you're not sure about, then that's the account. That's where you put it. Some people put it in an envelope. And they keep that cash in there, and that's all they got for the month. And you got to make that go as far as you can. It's like, Pastor, why are you teaching on these things? Why, why, why? Because this is wisdom that's based in what the Word of God says to do. He says, be wise. Be wise about how you're spending. Be wise about things. Carefully plan. Steer your money to where it should go. You are in charge of it. It's not in charge of you. You are to use it. It's not supposed to use you. You control it. He's given it to you to be a good steward of. Be a good steward. Utilize his wisdom and his power and his prayer over this thing. His heart, in other words, declare his heart. So the next principle is this. So we've got make a plan. Here's the next one, save for tomorrow. Save for tomorrow. One of the things I did do right as a young man is I began to save money. If you have a way of doing that, act on it. Some people have employers that they can save through where they'll match what you save. Do that. It's a win-win situation. Some of you don't have that, but you can set aside money on an auto draft and have it go into an account where it's saving for your future. Future you will thank you for saving now. (laughs) Proverbs 21.20 says, there is precious treasure, this is in the Amplified, there is precious treasure and oil in the house of the wise who prepare for the future. But a short-sighted and foolish man swallows it up and wastes it. I can tell you in my life that I've been both that wise person and then I've also been the foolish person. All of us have done that. But it's not too late. It doesn't matter where you are in life, you can begin to save. You can begin to put some aside for what it is that God would have you do in the future. Think about wealth for a second as it pertains to, to, to possessions and, and things. Who are some of the most important and some of the most 
influential people in the word of God. It was some of, some of them were wealthy beyond imagine. We know about Job and what happened to him and how God restored all of that. We know about uh, Abram who, was, who had the wealth. He had so much and God told him, uh, you know, pick up your stuff and move. He didn't even tell him where he was going. He didn't tell him where he was. He just told him to go. And so he picked up his stuff and he left. You see, wealth is all about who you trust and what you're, the, the value that you place on that out of your heart. That's really what, what wealth is all about. And what it's, it's saying is that the precious treasure and oil in the house are of the wise because they prepare for the future. They are taking basic principles and they're saving money. It's not about, I've said this before, it's not about what you have. It doesn't matter if it's a little tiny bit or a whole bunch. It's a ma it matters what you do with what you have according to what God is telling you to do. I had a wise person tell me one time, that's not about how much you make, son. I was focused on the top line. If I could just get to six figures and I could get to this and I could, no, it's not about how much you make. It's about how much you keep, he said. And that was a principle that I used when I began to save money as a young man. I always remembered that. God has given us so much. We are to be good stewards. We are to set aside those things. But one of those things is, is that we're to save for tomorrow. According to Forbes magazine, 63% of Americans don't have enough to, in savings to cover a $500 emergency. I can tell you one water heater will cost you more than that. <laughs> You've been through that. Okay. I've been through that. Whenever you save money, you're saying, I'm thinking about the future and I don't know what the future might hold for me. God knows. God is, is in control of that. But I'm preparing for unexpected things. That's just wisdom. It's common sense. And God has given us those attributes in our lives. You're putting, you're putting some money in reserve for unforeseen problems or even opportunities that may come. It's not a lack of faith in God to save. It's trusting him. It's trusting him enough to listen to what he's saying about be wise and save. You know, there's one thing that can, that can really keep us from saving the way that we should, and it's debt. Proverbs 22, 7 uh, say this, says this, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. I said this, this, this statistic uh, a, a week or two ago and it's this, that average Americans expend, uh, spend 103% of their annual income. We probably learned that by watching our governments. <laughs> Ugh, not funny. That's freedom and surplus that, that uh, we have allows us to use money for the things of God and the things that God wants us to spend money on. You see, when we can, re we, we can be free from debt, when we can work on a plan that will get us out of debt, that extra uh, money that's not committed becomes spendable. Amen. Have you ever thought like, oh God, I just wish I had $1,000 to send to so-and-so, or I wish I had $100 to send to that mission, or I wish I had $10 just to put in the offering. Yeah. 
Have we been there? I have been there. Lisa, we have been there before. But it usually was the, was the monstrosity and the, 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 the bondage of debt that didn't allow us to act in faith when faith was stirring in our hearts. And I'm not, I'm not telling you this to tell you to like either toot our own horn or to even like tell you that, that uh, uh, to, to bring any kind of guilt or shame to you. No, not at all. What I'm telling you is that you can be free from all the things that hold you back from being a conduit of his very love and truth. And that includes the things that you want to give because it is more blessed to give than to receive. We want to be blessed. You want to be blessed. In order to be blessed, you have to give. And I'm talking about talents and time and resources to open that window that we talked about a few weeks ago, that, that window uh, to bring in all of who you are and give that all to the Lord. We'll open that window and in Malachi it says, look and see because I will pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. But what opens the window? It's giving all to him. That's what opens the window. If you feel like your window is shut, I'm just telling you, go to the Lord and say, what can I give that I haven't given you? What can I surrender to you that I haven't already surrendered? God, show me what it is that you're telling me right now, and I give that to you willingly. That will open that window you see, debt is one of those things that, that we can have a plan for, that we can chip away with. You can use leverage things to get out of debt. You can pay, you can pay extra, you can double, you can whatever it is that you can do to chip away and not borrow, borrow, borrow like the rest of culture does. And I guarantee you that you will come to a place in your life where you will be financially free after you're free right up here. Freedom and surplus allows you to use that money for things God wants you to use it for. And then the final thing here, I'm going to close with this, and that is give to God. I've been saying it all morning. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Mm. honor the Lord honor him I told a story a few weeks ago about a family that where their kids they are teaching them to give and they put little envelopes in the offering and they put 40 cents in there and 20 cents goes to uh, missions and 10 cents will go to you know, campus ministry and another 10 cents will go to kids' church or however it, whatever it is. And, and they're teaching them this principle. And I'll tell you, it's a principle of honoring the Lord. It's a principle of first fruits of all your crops because there's a promise here. And that promise is, is that your barns, now I know we don't all live in a farm. <laughs> we don't all have barns, so to speak. But it says your barns will be filled to overflowing and we don't all have vats of wine. 
with the big straw. We don't have that. But it says your vats will brim over with new wine. If, if we could just like take the symbology there and understand that what God is speaking about here really is the sustenance and the resources that he's provided. And when we're saying full barns and wine vats and so on, we could read that as this, uh, full bank accounts, assets, even something like kitchen cupboards, or even something as simple as like what I have in this backpack. All that I have is right here. That's been supplied by God. Don't compare and measure with others. Look at what's in your cupboards. Look at what's in there and know that he's blessed you. Know that he's provided for you. But what he's saying is honor me, honor me with, the, with all that you've been given and see that I won't fill those things to overflowing, that they won't brim over with that which is from me. There's a very deep spiritual meaning to this scripture, but I want us to stay right here at that level of resources and finances because he wants to bless you. He wants to bless you beyond what you've, what you've ever thought or think. This year, our theme is inspired to connect, serve, and give. We're inspired by his spirit, by his spirit, not by might or by power, but by his spirit to do, to walk out all these things, to connect with each other, to connect with our community, to serve each other, to serve our community, but to give to each other and to give to our community. How can this not be? How can we do this? Or how can we not do this when he is overflowing those things to us? Release it. Release what he's given. Release it and see what happens. God will bless you beyond what you can imagine or even think. So how do we act on this promise? What do we need to do? How is it that we honor him in a way that makes sense? That makes sense because he's given us all. He's given us everything. What it is is that we are to give our first and our best. No leftovers. No afterthoughts. No, no seconds. Not after we pay bills. Not after we, we buy. Not, not after we do that committed and that spending thing. Not after we, we grab that latte. <laughs> yeah. I got one thing to tell you. First things first. First things first. Honor God by giving to him before you give in any other areas. It's key. It's key to living in financial wisdom. Could you shut the cooler off a little bit? I'm okay. I see some people in here like, Ooh, this is a cold word. <laughs> Why you gotta be so cold, Pastor? Uh, you know, I don't know, I'll go ahead and tell you, it, it, uh, this used to be a garage, right? You, you, re you realize that, right? Like we, they repaired cars and stuff in here. and It's never been like uh, set up for church <laughs> or for gatherings. We are the church. Um, it's one of those things that 
it, you know, we will have to eventually address, but it, it's, uh, it, would, it would cost a whole lot, a whole lot, more, more than we, we have. Uh, but here's something. Um, didn't I just say that God owns it all? <laughs> didn't he, like, give this church a huge blessing? This whole place is debt-free. And I'll, and I'll tell you, that blessing that came, whatever, wherever that source is, God is blessing that source beyond compare. But I'll tell you this, that what is that to God? We'll get it fixed. We'll get it fixed. And, uh, you know, this place might look different when you come in someday. Just, you know, hey, I did a kitchen, man. Just give me like a little thing of spackle. I'll change this place. Okay, that's not good. (laughs) Too much pride in that. But Ron, isn't God faithful? Isn't he faithful to this house? Isn't he faithful to you and your household? Yes. It doesn't matter what the balance sheet says. His balance sheet breaks all the molds. He is awesome as a provider. Why not first things first? Why not honor him above all else? How can giving something away be a good financial move? I'll tell you, giving back to God reminds us, really, when we give to God, no matter how it is, and it could be church, it could be community, it could be whatever God is leading you, when you give all that he's given you, when you give those things out, you begin to understand that everything was his to begin with. And again, we only understand that we're stewards of what he's given us. No more stress. Don't worry about things. When he, when he, when he spoke those words uh, in Matthew, I believe chapter 6, seek ye first or chase after the kingdom, it was in context of don't worry about things. Don't stress about things. Be at rest in me and just chase after who I am and what I'm about in my kingdom and those things will be added to you. Don't stress. Giving also gives us a sense of well-being. You ever woken up in the middle of the night and you're just like... That's happened to me before. And I always trace it back to what is it that I'm anxious about? And what I understand is, is that when I honor God and when I give to him, it's like the other day when we had our fists like this, and we open them up, it's a whole different attitude. It's a whole different perspective. And I say, God, I release it to you. And it also means that I'm ready to receive. And I receive his peace, and I receive his well-being. Yeah, you can do a lot of things like listen to music and put on essential oils. and do all, Those are all good things. But be at the core of who you are, the well-being, it all comes down to the Spirit of God moving in and through you. 
That gives you the well-being that you're looking for. So if you are doing this, especially about finances, just press into him and just let go. Just release it. Be at rest in him. Be at rest in him. You've got a plan. You're saving for tomorrow. Give to God. Vance, can I get you up here? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This feeling of well-being can help us resist the pull to fill our lives with so much else. See, when we spend less on these things, when we get out of debt, when we have more to save, we have more to invest, we'll have more to give back. Making space is, is about trusting God. When it comes to your resources, and, and including money and including all of your, the things that God has blessed you with, it's always about trust. How will we trust God? Are we going to trust our own wisdom? Or are we going to trust the wisdom that is right here in his word? Are we going to trust God's ability to go beyond and above what we ask or think? Or are we going to trust our own ability? I'd say no. We trust him. We trust him. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that, that we, used to, we used to sing. It's in, uh, I believe it's a psalm. And psalmists would, would say, um, it's old. You remember when scripture songs first came on the scene? <laughs> you know, you just sing scripture. It's an awesome time in, of reformation in the church. And we used to sing this song, um, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but Okay, if you didn't hear that, it was, <laughs> we will remember the name of the Lord our God. In other words, what that scripture, what that song was talking about was, we're not trusting in the might of men. We're not trusting in the, in the stuff, in the, in, the, in the possessions of men. But we'll remember, this is a choice. You have a choice today. To remember the name of the Lord our God, meaning that, that his name is your, uh, what you, what's been placed in you, it's the seed that's in you. It's the nature of God in you. You have a choice to remember who you are. You have a choice to remember who you are or you have a, or, or your choice is to trust in things that are external. Everything that we have has been given by him. So therefore, since who we are are children adopted into his family, we will remember the nature and the seed that's in our life, the riches and the glory and the wealth of his kingdom that he's placed right here. And we won't trust in those things. We'll trust in him. Amen. Why don't you stand with me this morning? We're going to be dismissed this morning. Thank you, Lord. Our God is a big, big, big God. He's a big supernatural God. Huge creator of the universe. 
It's time we tr- that we choose to trust him in all things. That includes our finances. If you want more information, call me up. I do this full time now. You want to know about making a plan? Call me up. You want to know more about how to save for tomorrow? Call me up. If you want me to help you pray and discern about how to give to God, call me up. Or you can text me. We probably got to talk. We're here for you on this. As this year progresses, we're gonna we're going to. Uh, this is very strategic by the Lord. We're going to really talk about things uh, on on other other than Sunday mornings about these some of these things and offer uh, um, Saturday things for you to come and learn how to do some of this. You know, I know the Young Mary group has has done some of this already, and uh, and then it's just time that we that we get wisdom about what God is saying about our finances. I have one more part to this series and and I'm not gonna give it until July 7th. And it's the best part. I guarantee you, it's the best part. I think I've given you all the principles you can can take. (laughs) This is the best part because I believe that day we're gonna release something. And God has told me that day is the day. You don't wanna miss it. I know it's that July 4th weekend middle of the week, end of the weekend type thing. But if you're in town and, and, and you can make it, you want to be here because we're going to actually come forward and we're going to release things to the Lord. We're going to release what's here and receive what he has for us. You don't want to miss that. July 7th. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord. God, for the wisdom in your word. Father, we just just want to just dwell on you for a moment here before we go. We want to hear your voice. Speak now to hearts as to how you're guiding and lead them. You promised you'd never leave us or forsake us, that you would leave a guide, a counselor, a comforter, So God, we listen to your heart. We listen to your voice this morning. Speak to hearts about making a plan. Speak to hearts about saving. Speak to hearts about getting debt relief. Speak to hearts, God, about what you would want them to give and how you want them to give and who you want them to give to. God, I declare a release of those who feel like they're in financial bondage in the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Set them free. Set them free in their minds and in their thoughts and in the way that they think. Set them free now and give them the perspective of seated in heavenly places with you. God, I declare debt to be absolved. By your plan and by your leading and by your wisdom and the sense that you've given us to listen to you, I declare that in Jesus' name over all that are here. 
God, and I declare financial freedom. I declare financial freedom. I declare that that spendable amount to be opened as we give to you, as we give it all to you, that the kingdom of God would be established through our actions, through what we spend our money on. I declare this in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.